And here it is, my people. I am Ocho the Owl, and I will make today count. Cheers. And I invite you, the people, to take today and make today the day that you make positivity and self-empowerment louder. Let me check on the day. It's been one of those weeks. Happy Thursday, everybody. Yeah. It's news to me, and welcome to today's AMA. Sister Melissa, what's going on? In just a few moments, we're going to be having Sister Ursula Latini on. Ursula, of course, is a, oh boy, she's a, she's the real deal. She's a licensed metaphysical minister since the year 2008. She's been doing it for a decade plus. Internally, family systems practitioner, certified associate in pranic healing. And she's facilitated over 4,000 private sessions well, 4,001, uh, we, we had a half session yesterday. I don't know if that counts as a 0.5. But uh, yeah, over 4,000 private sessions and worked with thousands in groups by identifying physical, emotional, and mental problems that impair lives. And she works through those issues, hello, to heal and to find balance. And I and we are, we're going to be having her on here in just a few. We've gathered six questions from the people. There she is. And we shall answer those for you, the people, right away. Sister Danielle, what's going on? And she should be coming on in just a moment. Let's see here. All right. All right. Danielle, what's going on? There she is. Hey. Mr. Ursula Latini. Hi. Hi. Oh, uh, it's good to see your face. Hello. <laughs> good to be here on this hot, sweaty day. Oh boy. What uh what's the uh, temperature in your uh, in your area? Hotter than hell. Oh, okay. <laughs> It's just the humidity. Atlanta, I come from Atlanta, and Atlanta is uh, this yeah. way. But yeah. in California, you know, the breeze, the whatever. But you know what? Yeah. Again, yes. We don't have yes. global warming because it doesn't exist. It does not exist. Thank you. Yeah. Uh... So this hot that you're feeling, it doesn't exist. <laughs> you know, so some would have some choice words to answer to that, but not me. I agree. All right. Shall we, uh, shall we uh, get uh, right yeah. into it? Let us Excellent. begin. Let us begin. Okay. All right, my people, you know how this works. You send in your questions and Sister Ursula answers them. The first question is, how do I keep the fire alive in the bedroom, especially when uh, your hour, I guess, sexual appetites differ. Okay. So this is a lot of communication is needed um, outside okay. of the bed. So beforehand, right? When, when okay. everybody's just chill. Because in the moment, yes. the brain, different parts of the brain are activated. So, okay. you know, it's like talking to somebody who's angry. You can't go, oh, excuse me, can we talk about something? You know, there's, there's right. 
there's too much passion in that going on. So it's to kind of like the morning after or just going for a walk or just some kind of neutral time where there's not a lot of, you know, give me what I need. And, mm -hmm. and it's to be as two people, not as you're my husband or you're my partner, but mm -hmm. like, hey, you know, go, uh, you know, as a, as a person, not as a couple. Mm -hmm. Because when it's couple, there's expectations and there's role plays. Got it. So it's to kind of take those hats off and even to just say, hey, can we have a heart to heart? You know, just me and mm -hmm. you, little talk here. So we don't have to feel like we have to protect ourselves or defend ourselves or excuse ourselves. We mm -hmm. can just be like, I'm a person and you're a person. You know, our bodies have different needs and wants. We have different expressions. We have different references. Sure. And, um, you know, in your fantasy, what would be an awesome sex session between the two of us? Sure. And they could say, fantasy what? Yep, just fantasy, just being curious. So they sure. could put a frame out of what it is that they would like. And you would say, or not you, but the other partner would be in a place sure. of curiosity, not like pressure, sure. but just curiosity. Like, what is that? Oh, well, when that happens, you know, what happens to you or why sure. where did you get that idea you know like huh. it's so bizarre for one couple okay. and then now instead of something being scary or weird or awkward they could say i don't know when i was a kid i saw you know people going at it at the zoo you know like two animals sure. were doing it this way and it, i thought it would be fun you know so then it yeah. wouldn't be something scary it would be something like mm. oh that's the zoo move. Okay. So when there's communication on, you know, where things are coming from, it yeah. makes it safer. Um, because sex is really about safety. Mm. Like it's the, the deeper you go into a place that you're not familiar with, you need safety. So yeah. if your partner is not providing emotional safety and physical safety, then, you know, there's a lot of pushback, like, I don't know about this, because there's so right. many hormones and so much passion that things can go really go out of bounds. Yes. So if somebody has had some sexual abuse in the back, you know, okay. free, it's just not cool to explore and have fun and be creative and go into wild places because they can sure. barely show up in the bedroom as it is. Okay. So the trauma thing is really, really important in sexual mm. communication because mm. when um, somebody is trying to make love to somebody through trauma, they're really yep. making love to a little five-year-old or an eight-year-old or the teenager. Or, you know, that part of us gets triggered and we're like, oh God, oh God, this is happening again. And the brain says, no, no, remember I'm in a, in a relationship with this person. It's not that. So the brain mm. for trauma victims has to like do all this rearranging. And then they're there and they're like, oh, uh, is this okay? Uh. So they can't really relax and have fun and enjoy. And it's right. really to do healing on the trauma. And uh, it's weird, but a lot of mm. couples, they don't even know that their partner right. had some trauma in the back because you never, it's like it never comes up and who wants to talk about it and whatever. Sure. So it's for somebody who maybe is asking their partner for something more or different to say, you know, has anything ever happened to you that I don't know about? Mm. 
Because if that question's never asked, the topic really never comes up. Yes. And then now, just like going down the street and asking the example I gave, like, okay, what, what, what's your fantasy relationship? You know, what's your, not relationship, what's your fantasy session? And then they break it down and we become curious and why is that and where'd you get that from and whatever. Sure. And now it's like to turn the turn the pages now. So if there's somebody who has uh, trauma, yeah. for the partner to say to the trauma person, well, what happened? How did that happen? Yeah. How did that make you feel? You know, just that person caring and loving and hearing the story. Now that person will approach that other person more to me. Mm. You know, and then make that person feel safe and then be more playful. So there's mm. the other thing I want to bring in in this conversation is porn. Yes. Okay. Because men will use porn, you know, just to relieve themselves. But sure. porn is a, an entire world all in itself. Yes. Most women uh, are not interested in anything that those porn things show. Sure. And some men think like, oh, sex, porn, equal. No, porn is porn, and porn is there for business, and porn also knows how to open up the mind, implant images, and make mm. the mind hungry for more. Right. Just like McDonald's has the formula of what they put the french fries in. So it's a business, and we have yes. to realize that it's a business, and it's a program business because they want to keep selling. So the man yeah. is like, oh, porn, sex, oh, partner, sex, same. It's not the same. So right. women need romance, we need to be tended to, we need to be appreciated. So we need a warming up beforehand and a, and a support and all of that afterward too. Porn, you turn it on, you turn it off. No investment, well, money, but no emotional investment before and after. Right. Very right. different. So I think some people who use porn, they're not real clear on having a human experience with somebody that they love and how to make it playful and not scary and maybe bring in some of that, but not all of that. Because as women go, we don't really dig any of that. That doesn't work for our bodies. You know, that's not a part of our world. So that's a big thing around that question as well. Oof. Yeah. yeah it, uh, <laughs> that's question number one. What a, what a, <laughs> wow. No, it, um, so, so I guess to paraphrase a little bit, um, it sounds like um, having a, Having, a, having that empathy-filled, uh, just human-to-human human beforehand. Yeah, yeah, just, at some point. Just a conversation, two people, no yeah. expectations and no role-playing. Yeah. Have a heart-to-heart -heart and asking the specific question in your fantasy, what would, mm. what would uh, an ideal sex session yeah. look like with me? You know, not me personal, <laughs> but mm. <laughs> in that part in that conversation and right. if somebody is like you know that other partner's not showing up what can i do to get this thing cooking in in on the street kind of what has anything ever happened to you around sexuality that sure you're about? yeah excellent question number two
Next one, it's a, it's a short one. It's shorty but a goodie. Why do I always pick jerks? Oh. <laughs> Two reasons. One, um, because that's the model that we grew up in. So if dad's kind of a jerk and he may, he may have left at some point or he may be home and you have a roof and you have food and you have, you know, new clothes every school year and all that. But dad sure. doesn't really treat mom so nice, but mom puts up with it because that's just the way they do it in that family. You will go, oh, that's what a man is. And then you yeah. go out and you're like, oh, he, he's a jerk just like my dad. Great. That's because, one. Because family is love. The way we, yeah. the way, no matter how crazy it is in our family, we associate that with love. Mm. So abuse, addiction, breakups, infidelity. As a child, we're like, oh, this is this is my family, and everything that everybody's doing is love because we can we know we're really loved by our family. I didn't hear you. Um, but this behavior, we associate it with love. So we will continue to pick the things that we're witnessing. The second one is we have such lousy self-esteem that we'll just go for the loser guy because at least I've got somebody. So when our self-esteem raises, we'll be like, oh, no, that's a jerk again. I don't do jerk anymore. I love myself enough not to pick a jerk. Because we tend to pick people on our same vibration. Yeah. So an awesome person will go out with a loser because they think inside that they're a loser. So even though the world says, oh, my God, so awesome, why are you going out with this loser? It's because yeah. in the background they have, I'm a loser, this is a loser. Or they think, oh, I'll rescue this person. And again, that, that could be a family thing. Family is love. I've never heard that. And that is so like spot on. Oh boy, <laughs> profound. Question number three, how to, let's see here. I'm gonna cobble it together. How to grow together in a long-term relationship rather than apart, especially when you've developed interests that differ from each other does that make sense yes it makes perfect sense when when okay. we're couples, you know when we're a couple and we're in this long-term relationship there's this thing that I, I go like this it's like this like uh, the infinity symbol but longer you know a whole long thread yep. so we, we come together we're like oh this is, awesome, this is awesome but we're individualized so it's really important to um, hook up with somebody who is of your same value system Okay. Same belief system, same respect level, that kind of thing. But yes. say they like sailing and you like, you know, I don't know, going to the woods. Those are very different experiences. So it's to say, you know what, I trust you. Go have fun. You know, don't risk our relationship. Go have fun. Go play. And each person goes out to the world and they get their needs met. And they get the fun things. And then they come back. Did you have fun yet? Great, great, great. All week, and then you have a great time on the weekend because you did all the things. You come back. You're better. 
So when you go do your thing that your partner doesn't do, when you mm-hmm. come home from when your thing, you're like, hey, um, see you. So when two people can get outward, and then they can come back together, they're going to come back together. Sometimes couples think that they do everything. There's no room to breathe and relax and cut loose and, you know, do that. I often recommend couples to um, make sure they have date night so they can actually be together and put things together. Also have me time alone. And it's awesome because they can take that me time both at the same time if they can coordinate their schedule. Mm. And one person goes out and does their thing, the other person goes out and does their thing. And then they come back because they've been fulfilled and then they can get along better. So that's one way to keep it in is to, to go ahead and go after it your people and do what makes That makes sense. Whew. Next question. Uh, let's see here. Question, just in case you need another for today. Uh, it, it's a two-parter sort of. Uh, can you address whether it is healthy for a mother to live under the same roof with her son and daughter-in-law? Okay. So, you know, it's very funny, Emmanuel, because we live in a time period where we barely know our grandparents. Yeah. The rest of the world and most of history of our human nature we have been in two and three generational households. Yeah. That's normal. Yes. You know, everybody has a house, everybody has a car is not normal. We live in families yes. where the mom has a house and a car and the dad has a house and the car because they can't get along. I mean, yes. it's kind of outrageous if you look at us historically. And, and also if you look when there's children and then there's adults, the adults, they need to go to work whether it's go collect rice in the field or have a job in today's world. And who doesn't have a job? Grandma and grandpa. Who has patience? Who has tolerance? Who has kindness? Oh, they're the perfect babysitter for the children. Sure. So, you know, it's so normal and natural and easy to have three people in And sure. now that people can't afford to live all by themselves and so on and the, the, the Many yeah. people being forced to come back home. So college students that they get all the education, they've got the huge debt, and now they yep. can't get work. They end up yep. back at home. Uh, there's yep. a statistics: people up to 34 years old are still living with their parents. So in a way, when we're in our natural way, things will happen, and then they'll correct. Uh, we're always seeking balance. Our systems are always yep. seeking balance. Yeah, they it's are. important for us to have connection and close communication. So the, the thing to watch in that situation is uh, one of my friends from India taught me this. So she okay. comes back and forth to country, you know, from India to her household. And I was visiting, and she has a lovely both working husband and wife, her son and daughter-in-law, and they yes. have a child. And I was watching their interaction with the child, and I'm like, Girlfriend, they're spoiling their child. Like, how do you sit here and not say anything? And she's sure. like, oh, no, no, that's not. 
And I said, what do you mean? That's a granddaughter. Your, you know, your son and daughter-in-law. Why wouldn't you want to help them uh, sort this thing out? Because it could turn into a big problem later. Okay. And she's like, no, no. Unless they ask, it's really not my business. Because they're huh. the parents. I'm the grandparent. So she was saying, I have a role here. And, and unless I am asked to interfere on an because at that point you're being asked mama yeah. what you know baby's crying like crazy I don't get it I don't know what to do and then the mama can say well in my experience this that blah 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 mm. okay thanks so it's like they open the door communicate and she knocks you ask you know when we give our opinion unsolicited that's yeah. where that's where the boundaries cross in households Sure. And I think on Sundays, um, when I had my godson living with me, you know, we'd have and we cooked together and, you know, had different times of our schedule, whatever. We would sit on Sunday and again, de-roll. So don't be the grandma, don't be the mom, don't be the child and have a family. And just check in from person to person, heart to heart. Mm. How you doing? What's going on? Do you have anything you want me to know about? Mm. Um, what's going on in your world so this is a time to say look everybody here's what's going on in my heart and you know when you snapped at me Wednesday way out the door that sat with me for three hours mm. it, you don't realize this but it really hurt my feelings when you judge me and whatever, whatever. and then parts of me like okay I heard so it's not like you 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 it's, I want to share my heart with you because we're sharing this house together life or, you know, the dad's like, hey, I've been really super stressed at work, you know, so much tension, never get a yeah. chance to, you know, relax when I'm at home, and then I'll jump on me, and it's too much already overloaded. And then the family members could be like, well, what do you need? And then he's like, I don't know. And they're like, well, why don't you just go 20 minutes and we won't talk to you? You know, so you can brainstorm, but you can just talk to all people equal. No role playing and have a family mm. meeting every week. This way, tension doesn't build and someone explodes and everyone's like, What just happened? Mm. So it loses during the week. And for everybody to have boundaries. And then during that that Sunday talk, you could say, When so and so and I are arguing, we prefer if you don't say anything or if you could give us space and not sit there and watch us that feels uncomfortable. And she'll be like, good, because I don't know what to do either. I'll just go in my room when you guys are bickering. You know, or something like that. So there's agreements, agreements. Because once everybody has an agreement, it's made and it's known, all you got to do is keep the agreements. It makes it easier. Mm. And as children get a voice as much as the adults. Amen. Oh, boy. It, uh, no, it's like there's... <laughs> So much, there's so much in there. I almost kind of do just want to le leave it and let it uh, let it permeate. Uh, we'll move on to the next one, number five. Let's see here. Okay. Uh, hi, Ursula. You look beautiful, by the way. My relationship question is: How do I know if it's the right thing for me to move from Atlanta to Salt Lake with my long-distance boyfriend of the past four and a half years, I don't have any clarity. 
and then the other part was continued, right? Yeah, I didn't get to read through it, so this is I'm I'm I just kind of glanced and sent it to you. Okay, it says I don't even know what kind of a question to ask. It's been almost ten years since my divorce, and before that, I was in a ten-year relationship. I think that might be a different question. No, she's just explaining like a little bit about. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it, got it, got it. I feel like I don't value myself enough to be valued as much as I should be in a relationship. Perhaps you can help me figure out what questions I need to ask of him in order to make my decision whether to move my life out there or not. So the question is, doesn't know if it's the right thing to uh, make the journey from Atlanta to the Salt Lake. Right. So there, this think? one, of course, is loaded like they all are, right? I could talk yeah. for an hour about each question. Go, uh, girl. But let's go for the skinny. So the abusive relationship that happened before the marriage... Um, could still be in there, right? So when she says, I don't value myself enough. Remember, she said that in the second yep. part of it. Yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that loops straight back to the abusive relationship. Right. So when we don't value ourselves, we'll be a bunch of crap because we feel like we deserve it or, you know, that's all I can get or this is normal or this is what happened in the household I grew up in. You know, just like I was saying in the first question, sure. this family is love. So if she's used to abuse going on in her household when she was growing up, that equals love. And then she married that guy, and oh, sure enough, he's not friendly. You know, he's the he's the dragon, the lion that you have to be afraid of all the time. An abusive right. relationship, it's not just, oh, there's violence. It, you're scared all the time. Right. And that's so... So terrible. Um, so yeah. she escaped from that marriage and then had another marriage and then had a divorce. And now she's been single for 10 years and um, is wondering about her relationship. Long term sure. relationships are not necessarily, let's, let's say the word full. You know, sure. we think they're real and they're real for the moment. But we don't get to see that person 24-7. Yeah, we spend a week or two weeks or go on a vacation or something. But you can behave yourself for, for two weeks. And you can behave yourself for the one hour that you, you know, are on the phone or Skyping or whatever. And you can sure. behave yourself on the vacation things. But you don't really, really, really know that person until you spend quite a bit of time with them. Sure. So... You know, that's my hesitation. So, yeah, jump on over there. It's been four and a half years. No, right. you can fake a lot of stuff in four and a half years. He could be having right. a, a whole other relationship, and you have no idea. Mm. So, we think we know the person, but I'm saying you still don't know this person. Mm. So, the time period of four doesn't count. It might, you know, so. Mm. Okay. So, and it. Don't move there for the relationship. Move okay. there for your. Because mm. how many times have you heard, yeah, we moved, we lived together, and three months later it all fell apart. And you know, and, I'm, and that's why I'm here. That's how I landed in this city. So yeah. don't move for the relationship. Move because you're tired mm. of Atlanta or you want to switch things up 
because you have an employment opportunity in Salt Lake City because you want something fresh and new and you'll, you're going to give this relationship a try, you know, in a more serious aspect. But if you move specifically for the relationship, it's too mm. risky. Yeah. That's, so. what I would, that's the short version of what I would say. And I would also say do more work on her, on her own self mm. to make sure why is she moving ask yourself why am i moving what am mm. i hoping what, yeah. and how how much am I, am I handing it over to the fella because in a way we're handing a lot of power over to the person we're moving for so don't move for that person because they they could easily let you down move yeah. for yourself make sure you're secure so if the relationship doesn't work out you've got plan b because Sounds people can right. pretend up to two years anyway so even when you're working together or you're like oh we're in love and we're getting married there, there's a two-year time frame there where people can show up inauthentically mm. and you won't even know Ooh. yeah <laughs> do it uh, do it for yourself sister do it for you right That's and the final question oh boy let's see here uh, all right, I'm going to give you the, uh, the whole thing. Hey, Ursula, I saw your short video about needing questions in relationship in May this afternoon. Uh, an area I think that would really help couples in long-term relationship. I guess what I mean is I have... Ah, here we go. I guess what I mean is so a lot of single people have expectations or ideas on how once they settle down into a long-term relationship that it should be roses and love, love, love all the time. But then they get into it, and after the nostalgia wears off, the day-in, day-out responsibilities, daily life gets monotonous and so on. They get disillusioned thinking that it is boring and so on. Or kids come into the picture as well, and they lose the importance of what brought them together through all the stresses of daily life. I dealt with things of that nature in my first marriage as a young woman. And I know there's tons of people of various stages and ages who struggle with this. What do you think? Yep. So that actually ties in, interesting the um, lineup of these questions, because that ties into things. In that scenario, how do you keep a marriage alive is basically what he's asking. And, um, you know, for people, single people, not to illusion when they get a long-term relationship, the things yeah. that are really important, in my opinion, are Sunday meetings. Everybody's yeah. heart, heart open. You can say anything. No grudges. Just say it all now. Mm -hmm. Date night. Mm -hmm. Where the two of you are doing the romantic thing. And then um, separate time, like playtime, we'll call it playtime, so individual playtime, where he can go do her thing and then he can go do his thing or same sex, whatever, I'm just using the Bible paper. Um, sure. You know, people can go out and do their own thing and have a blast and then come back together because mm -hmm. that makes everything stronger and fresh. And then the other thing is when you're in partner, to make sure that your partner is doing things that make them feel alive and happy and well and sexy and wonderful so mm. you we support them doing that so I, i'm supporting my partner 
I'm like, hey, go do what you think. But yeah, man, I'll do that. You want to wear that flash shirt and it makes you happy? Go ahead. I'll, I'll deal with my proper whatever that you can't wear purple and pink together. Like, I'll deal with that. I want you happy. You go back and forth. like, And then if that person is helping this person, you know, feel fulfilled, fulfilled. Yes. That's the formula for success. And then, you know, mm. just talk about that Sunday afternoon thing. That's when people can talk about me. That's when they can talk about other people in the family, like the in-laws and you know, how do we become a team? You always listen to your mom, act like I'm not, don't even, I don't even exist. You know, aren't I your partner? Like, can you, you know, help me out with that? So there's some co honest conversation keeps everything rolling. Mm. Um, so, so can, can we review like the, I think it was like four things. Uh, the yeah. first one was, uh, sun, sun, Sunday meetings, the family meeting, even if you're not a true family or whatever, I call it the family meeting. Sure. And then, um, uh, then it was a uh, date night, date night, which, which is super glossed over. Yes. In my opinion, it's super yeah. like, yeah. Date night. You know, We've been married for twelve years. Why? No, because that I yeah. want to talk a little bit. If we have a couple more minutes, I really want to talk about. Oh yeah, date please. Night. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Date night. Let's go the review. So, um, family meeting sun, Sunday. I, I think is the right day. Sunday sure. meet. Sunday family meetings. Date night. Play play dates or play time. We'll just call it play time. Individual play time where the one person does their thing and the other person does their Because if someone likes to go to movies and the other one doesn't like to go to movies, then the guy who doesn't like to go to movies never gets to go to movies. So he should go to movies. And then yeah. the other person will do whatever they want to do that the other person doesn't like. It, personal it's time, more yeah. Fun. More fun, yes. personal. Yes. And then, um, what was the fourth thing? Uh, yeah, supporting one another, supporting one go. another, making the other, supporting the other person into doing what makes them happy, what mm. what expands them. If they want to take a, a job change, like how can we work that together? Mm. You know, just kind of that thing. Because we're tricks there. And, okay. and we have to be careful that we be like, I'm, yes. sac I'm sacrificing for your happiness. That's not what it is. I want to support your happiness that works for both of us. But I, let's see together because yes. I want you to be the happiest, best, most excited person you can be. Mm. All right. So date night. Yes. Now with women, it, you know, this is a thing so so I'm gonna do the binary conversation sure. you know maybe there's some aspects within that that that'll work sure so chicks they don't uh, turn on and off like a like a faucet okay. you know like if a man wants sex he can he can just have like five little thoughts in there and he's ready to go he's like yeah baby, <laughs> you know, let's, let's go and that's the way the male gender is wired He's carrying that for both genders because somebody has to. If a woman sure. was thinking about sex all the time and she plays the role as the mother, she would easily turn on her kids and be like, honey, I got to go. I got to go take care of myself. 
Sure. And that's not cool as a mom. So the mom has sure. to have a primary concern. This is the way we're wired in our animal nature. So that's sure. why she's not always like, oh, where can I get some, you know? And where yeah. a man can have that because that's how you procreate and that's how the existence of mankind has existed. So sure. he doesn't understand that a woman doesn't just turn on and off like he does because it's so natural to him. So he has to go outside of his box and say, okay, like, why isn't she ready in an instant? So it's to understand the female brain and the female mind and the female way of being. So he, of course, can't understand that because it's very complicated and it, and it works in different directions than the male's mind does. But what he can understand is that a woman is like a fire pit. And if you go up hmm. to ashes and you expect heat, that's not going to work. So in order to keep a fire going, you have continually throwing the twigs, throwing the logs, have a stockpile of, you know, wood and every kind of thing ready to go, ready to go in case the fire should get low. So if he keeps investing in his lady, touches, pecks, um, cuddly time, little food gifts, more attention, you know, strokes her hair, just makes her, oh honey, it's so beautiful, you're so sexy. All these little investments, little investments to keep the fire burning. Then when he comes up to her, she's like, hey, she's, she's, he's been tending to her needs. He's, you know, mm. all of that kind of yuckiness that she feels valued, feels she feels desired. So she's out banging it out, you know, doing all the chores and doing her work and groceries and the children and all these like, oh my God, she's over. The last thing she's thinking about, but if he can mix in there, mix of all of this, like, hey, babe, you want me to take the cars and the walk? You want me to go do this or you go do that? He can take some stuff off of her plate mm. so he can get sex. Then he'd be like more than happy to do those chores because it makes her feel like, oh, he likes me and oh, he wants me and oh, look, he's helping me. And then we feel turned on when he helps with the chores. And then we'll be like, yeah, all the chores are done. Let's hit it. That's kind of the deal. It's so easy. It's so simple. Oh, there's a uh, there's a book that came out maybe about 20 years ago called Why Women, Why Men Can't Like Do Something and Women Can't Read Maps by Alan and Barbara Pease. And in it, they, they explain just that, that if you want to turn a woman on, clean the kitchen, sweep, because it, it, it's, it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. And, and, that is, uh, and, and, and on that clean note, uh, I believe that is all the questions we have for today. Perfect. I, I put it out there, and uh, that is what we got. My people, Ursula Latini, again, she is a licensed metaphysical minister since the year of our Lord, 2008, internal family systems practitioner, certified pranic healer, and has facilitated over, over 4,001 <laughs> private sessions. <laughs> I, I'm counting our conversation as one, because I, I was in need. Over 4,001 private sessions and works thousands and groups she just came back you just came back from a camp 
Yep, teen camp. There was 260 teenagers there doing experiential Ooh. workshops twice a day, 84 adults, super duper intense, um, spiritually minded metaphysics. This is Centers for Spiritual Living, ages 13 to 18. And it was, it's off the chain intense. And yes. Go with the flow and just whatever happens, happens. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of beauty, a lot of healing, deep, deep healing. Yeah. Um, people recognizing how beautiful they truly are, getting rid of stuff, belief systems or ideas that aren't serving them and just flowing. Mm. So by the end of the week, there's been serious visible transformation going on. And that is so wonderful. That's why we do the work. Oh boy. Yeah, I, I, I spoke to you, I believe it was like, maybe like a week afterwards, after you came back and you were still like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh boy, oh boy. So I imagine it was uh, it was quite the uh, quite the ordeal. Yeah. Oh, well, it's, it's that ends. Sensitive, you know. It's it's because I'm so sensitive and I can feel. I can look at somebody and feel them. And even though I've got protection and all that, I'm wide open because I'm in full service there. So I'm mm. always on outflow, but I'm still you know receiving and watching, and I care so much. So it's mm. just you know, a lot of information. 24 7. Oof. Well, thank you for what you do. Thank you. Again, those seeking to get a session from the sister, go ahead and go to UrsulaLatini.com. That's Ursula as in Ursula and Latini as in L E N T I N E. Find her on Facebook and the Instagram. Yes, I'm there. It counts. And also hit her up on the Gmail at UrsulaLatini at gmail.com. Anything else? What else? That's it. That's it. Just um, the, your beautiful self is in there waiting for you patiently, calmly. And uh, the sooner we can get to meet those parts of us that are really true and are organic and our most light and best self, the better mm. our life becomes. Just an automatic payoff. Oh, hallelujah. And on that note, my people, that is that. So on behalf of Sister Ursula Latini, I am Ocho the Owl. And until next time, my people, let's increase the peace. Thank you again. Thank you, Ocho. You are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Thank you, Manuel. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. And there it is, my people. Go ahead and go to UrsulaLatini.com for more things Ursula Latini. She is, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, uh, this Lionsgate uh, den thing, whatever the hell, what, 888-18 that was happening yesterday was super, super intense. A lot going on, and I'll, I'll share more of that as the time continues. But yeah, she, uh, she, she called just as I was in, uh, in transit. My, my car's up on a... It's a long story. Yeah, she called me like a little closer to like 10 o'clock and was generous enough to give me a few minutes of my time, let me uh, air out what was going on. And she is, uh, she's all aces. So on that note, my people, I will leave you. Until next time, I am Ocho the Owl and I will make today count. <laughs>